How have we misunderstood the teachings of Jesus? What are some of the most common misinterpretations of Scripture? We're going to talk about it this morning with pastor and author Ben Connolly, who will help us see where we might be misreading the Bible. His book is titled, Reading the Bible and Missing the Gospel, Recovering from Shockingly Common Ways We Get the Bible Wrong in Our Everyday Life. And Good morning, Ben. Good morning. How are you? Good. Good. Thanks for joining us. I appreciate you being on the show again. It's always good to have you on with us. So let's start off, first of all, with some of the ways that we as believers, maybe those that have been believers for a long time, have maybe maybe read the Bible with, as you describe it, the wrong lens. What are some of those ways? Yeah, I think a lot of the theme of reading the Bible in the wrong lens is reading it in a way that just makes it about me. Um, mm-hmm. which, you know, we all do. We're individualistic and we're selfish in some ways. <laughs> and so uh, we go to the Bible looking for ways that it makes me feel good or looking for more knowledge or this kind of stuff. And in doing so, we miss the heart of both the message of the Bible and also the message of Christianity, which is it's not about me. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's about God. It's about what he can do and did and has done in the life, death, resurrection, and reign of Jesus by contrast to all the things we can't do um, and, and our need for Jesus. The, the message of Christianity is we can't, but God has. We, we can't, but God does. And mm-hmm. so we kind of miss the heart of the the scriptures in a general way, uh, when we go in looking for ways that I can get smarter, I can feel better, this kind of stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So what's a common misunderstanding, Ben, that you hear quite a bit and it just like you just want to write the wrong when people say it or express it? <laughs> sure. Um, you know, there's a few and this is this is part of even the, the, the content of the book is kind of getting into a few of those. I'll tell you the, the first one for me that made me go, I wonder if we do miss the Bible or I miss the gospel sometimes mm-hmm. um, is around the concept of forgiveness. Mm-hmm. Um, and because sometimes it's not uncommon. And, and I heard this in my seminary days 20 years ago or so. Um, it's not uncommon to hear kind of in the same teaching or the same sermon or the same lecture things like, hey, Jesus in his cross, in, in his death and resurrection, removed your sin as far as the east is from the west. And man, that is such good news. But also a few minutes later, you might hear, therefore, you have to go ask God for forgiveness. It's like, ah, those two things seem like a disconnect. Um, it seems like if it's already been removed, why do we have to ask for forgiveness again? Mm-hmm. And so this, you know, Again, heard that 20 years ago or so. And, and so that and, and some other similar kind of topics sent me kind of on a, what does the Bible actually teach uh, about these topics? And what's really interesting on that topic is before Jesus's death and resurrection, even during Jesus's life, you know, there's a lot of commands and a lot of exhortations to ask God for forgiveness. And you see that through the Old Testament sacrifices and all this kind of stuff. <clears throat> but if we really believe that Jesus is the full and final sacrifice, that there's no more sacrifice needed for sins, that all all forgiveness was accomplished in the cross, what's really interesting is that there's not a command or exhortation to ask for forgiveness after the resurrection because mm-hmm. it's already been forgiven. Hmm. And, and if we realize that, it just makes the gospel that much better news. Yeah, yeah. Um, so how yeah, about to, to clear, one another, to, though? I mean, it says to confess your sins one to another. How about how about something? 
Yes, and that's that's I was going to make that you know so we don't swing the pendulum too far. <laughs> uh, forgive me for talking over you. Um, confessing our sins is commanded after the resurrection, but mm-hmm. confessing our sins is not the same as asking for forgiveness. Because oh, um, asking for forgiveness comes and says, "God, I've done it again. Will you even forgive this one? Was this one too much? Oh. Have I gone too far?" Confessing our sin invites us to come to God and say, "Hey, yeah, I missed it again. I." didn't live up to your standard because I can't. <laughs> I didn't treat this person rightly because I can't. Yeah. And so for those of us who are in Christ, to be clear, there is a one-time asking of forgiveness when we repent, when we come to Jesus. But for those of us who are in Christ, confessing our sin is the right posture when we realize sin in our lives. But confession then is met with, and some churches do this really beautifully, the concept of assurance. Yeah, when I confess the... our sins, I'm reminded mm. that they have already been covered. And again, mm. it just makes the gospel sound like that much better news. Yeah. So let me so to, so let me ask, see if I've got this correct. So you're saying that basically it's when we confess our sins, we're basically acknowledging it to ourselves that we've done that. It's not that it has to be forgiven again, but it's just that we're acknowledging it so that we can feel remorse and not do that again or try not to do that again. Was that a good way to paraphrase it kind of or I think that's a that's a, a fair a fair starting point. Yeah. I think that when we confess our sins, we're just acknowledging before God what his scriptures tell us to be true, mm-hmm. which is that we're we're never going to be perfect. And you know, the old self or old man or you know that this the flesh, all the all the images that the scriptures tell us still reside within us. What we're saying is I I lived out of my flesh today. Right. Um, but we get to bring that to God, not with a posture of, oh, man, I wonder if this is the one that went too far. You oh, okay. know, yeah, the yeah, old yeah. Film, film gladiator where the, where the right. emperor holds his thumb out sideways and <laughs> goes down or up or that kind of – like we, we sometimes have this great fear of God when we discover sin. Mm-hmm. But, but if we just bring it to him and say, yes, I'm, I'm contrite before you. I've realized yet again I I don't meet uh, the things you call me to. Mm -hmm. Rather than fear and trepidation, it drives us to worship and praise when we realize. But it's already he's already done the thumbs up. It's already been forgiven. He's already said yes. My my son's blood covers Mm -hmm. even that. Yeah, Mm -hmm. that's really good. That's freeing, really. It is. It really is. Yeah, Yeah. and it really does show the power. Yeah. Sorry. There is a, a when we sin against each other. Of course, that's different. Like, yeah, ask forgiveness when we sin against each other. This kind of stuff we're talking about specifically our our forgiveness as it relates to God. Yeah. So, Ben, as we think about the uh, Bible as a whole and the gospel mm-hmm. message as a whole, so many times we think of it as we're going to heaven, and that's the focus. Is that we want people to be saved. So that they're eternally secure, which is wonderful. And that's what we all want. But do you think that sometimes we don't fill in the the gospel is for now, for our lives right now, to change us right now? Yeah. And we talk about this in in my own church that I get to pastor um, uh, a lot that, you know, if I can be a little bit tongue in cheek about it, we often look at the gospel as if it's something that happened in the past that greatly benefits my future. And that's kind of it. Um, it happened in the past. You know, <clears throat> we believe it is a historical thing. Uh, if we are in Christ, then then we said yes to believing that sometime in our past. And then 
We don't have to go to hell. We don't have to burn. We get to go to heaven one day. We get to be with God. All that is really beautiful and true, so I don't want to minimize it. But if, it, if, if it's just past and future, then, then what we're saying or we're, how we're living says the gospel doesn't matter to my everyday life. Hmm. And if you look through the New Testament, like the gospel changed the way that Jesus's followers lived. Yes. Yeah, it changed the way they viewed death and eternity, but it, 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 changed, it changed the way that they lived. Hmm. Um, and so an image we use in our own church when I get to teach on this is almost like the image of a diamond. And anytime you see a, a, a diamond, it's always on a black background on a commercial. It's always mm-hmm. against a black background. It's always spinning. And, and that's so that the different angles show off the nuances and sparkle and shimmer in a different way. The diamond looks more and more beautiful the more that you see it. Mm. And in the same way, there is one gospel, but there's all of these different angles of how it's good news. Um, yes, for eternity, but also for this life. Um, it's satisfaction for the dissatisfied and it's companionship for the lonely and justice for the oppressed and freedom for those trapped in guilt and sin and and this kind of stuff. And there's so many different angles. And, and if we can, can see that, then again, the gospel becomes more and more and more beautiful mm-hmm. and better and better and better news. Yes, for our future. Yes, for our past, but also for our everyday lives. Yeah. Mm. Talking with Ben Connolly this morning, and it's talking about the book "Reading the Bible, Missing the Gospel." So, what is Ben? What's one of the, I guess, misinterpretations that you've heard people talk about that really kind of, I guess, floored you that they actually <laughs> that they've actually you know believed in before that maybe you talk about in the book a little bit? Yeah, um, I think the one that I see most frequently, if I can answer it like that, yeah. Uh, is around the concept of judging each other. Because, mm. um, man, we love to throw down Matthew 7, 1 and say, judge not lest you be judged. Right. Uh, someone tells me I'm doing something wrong. My response is not often, oh, thank you so much for pointing that out. I do want to go change my life now. <laughs> 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 and maybe that's just me, but I think it's all of us. Um, what's really interesting in that is just a couple verses later, when Jesus says, hey, yes, take the plank out of your own eye, take the log out of your own eye, he also then says, but then remove the speck from your sister's eye or your brother's eye. And so he's not saying we don't get to judge. What he's saying is we don't, A, get to judge by our standard, because a lot of times mm. I will prefer you know, what I prefer. And if you don't prefer that, that's what I'm going to judge you on. But what he's saying is there is actually a higher standard, one objective standard. We're, we're being judged on the righteousness of Jesus and the holiness that God prescribes. And, and if we can accept that, then the second thing he's saying there is let's not be hypocritical about it. Let's judge ourselves by that same standard even as we enter in and with a lot of love and grace uh, judge others. Mm-hmm. Uh, That's excellent. Yeah. You know, when, when a brother sins against you, bring bring your sin to your brother is a paraphrase of Matthew chapter 18. And judging other believers, again, with grace and love and, and wanting what's better for them, mm-hmm. that's laced through the New Testament. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. 
interestingly, judging those outside the church is something the New Testament is very hesitant on. And man, I think we get that backwards so much. And we're really scared to judge ourselves and each other, mm-hmm. but we're very quick to judge those outside the church. Today. Yeah, mm. that's good. Well, that's Ben Connolly. The book is called Reading the Bible, Missing the Gospel. I know we could continue on with you, but you've got other stations to go to. So, <laughs> <laughs> Ben, we appreciate you taking the time to visit with us. Looking forward to talking with you down the road about this. And of course, if people want to get the book, they can go to moodybooks.org. You can also, if you're going to be planning on giving to share this year or thinking about it, this is going to be a thank you gift that we're going to be giving out during share this year. So looking forward to that. Ben, appreciate the time, brother. Deb, Ken, thank you so much.